2 Corinthians chapter 5, a verse that all of us could say in our sleep backwards in Greek and Hebrew. 2 Corinthians 5 and the first part of verse 20 simply says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. The title of my message this morning is The ABCs for ABC. The practical stuff. Today I simply want to communicate to you that we need to give intense priority to the basics of our faith. With that being said, point one is this. Now then, we are ambassadors. I'll be honest with you, I kind of struggled with the idea of including this point. It almost felt childish. But at the end of the day, salvation is not childish. Who is the we here? We we all know that Paul is, is talking to Christians. So this morning I ask you, are you a Christian? I'm not asking you, do you live like a Christian? Do you live like you're supposed to? Do do you act like a Christian? Do do you think like a Christian? None of that. I'm asking you, are you saved? Are you a believer? How many of us know someone that went so much of their life being deceived by the devil, thinking they were saved, and then all of a sudden, God got a hold of them, and they realized, I'm not saved. This is too important of a topic to just skip over. Are you saved? It might seem extremely basic, but we all know too many, dis- too many stories of the devil's deception in this matter. I was one of those people. At age four, I made a profession of faith. I can remember that day in excruciatingly vivid details. I remember the Spider-Man plate my toast was on that morning. I can remember all of it, and the devil used that in my life. He, he gave me a confidence, a fake confidence that well, I know I prayed that prayer, so I'm saved. When really, it was a head knowledge. There was zero heart in it at all. I got permission to use this, and he did get nervous. But Drew, my best friend, he got saved our first semester of our freshman year. He, he comes into college thinking, I've been saved for all these years, and come to find out, boom, whoa, I wasn't saved. He took care of that freshman year. And it was so cool to see how the school reacted, how, how our classmates reacted and the excitement for it. Elizabeth, my fiance, sophomore year, she'd been struggling for years and years about the assurance of her salvation. And finally, I remember the day she got it settled and it was so cool. But I remember how I felt when I had to settle it for myself. The, the awkwardness and the embarrassment of, but I'm a pastor's kid. What, what is everybody gonna think? Our pride wants to get in the way of us making sure that we are saved. I mean, it makes total sense that we would struggle with it. I mean, just imagine how awful is it that people are going to rejoice with you that you got saved? How bad is it that one day you're going to spend eternity in heaven with God because you acknowledged you were a sinner? What do we have to be prideful about? What do we have to make us nervous of simply accepting God's gift? We need to settle this. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now understand, I'm not asking anyone in here to doubt their salvation. That's not right at all. But prove it. Be sure that you are saved. Point two, now then we are ambassadors. Now I'm going to shoot myself for saying this, but... Look at the grammar here. And even 
a deeper dive into the Greek. Oh, it hurt. But what's nice about Greek is it does, it, it gives you more surety of what, of what the passage is, is simply saying. It's very practical, very straightforward, and it's like, this is what this is. The verb here, are, is a present tense verb. That means right now, right here, right where you are. In fact, the Greek verb here is a present indicative active. And in you and me words, that simply means it's a verb that's stating a fact about right now. It's declaring a truth that should be happening right now. As college students, how bad are we at not focusing on now? How often are we thinking about that test two weeks ahead? I do it so much. I'll be honest, that is a struggle for me. Whether it's the weekends trying to plan a wedding, which is just crazy, or, or throughout the day daydreaming about what I'll be able to do one day, what youth activities I should do, or are the kids going to like me, all of these things. We get so distracted with our future and sometimes our past. And while we should learn from the past and look forward and plan for the future, it can destroy us if we focus on those things. A couple weeks ago, those guys in Preacher Boy's class, we got to hear a lesson on this. The destructive nature of focusing far too much on the past or on the future. We need to realize that we need to do right now. Do we invest where God has placed us? Right here, this school. Now, obviously, we should be investing in the churches that we all get to be a part of. That, that should be a given. But what about here at this school? Do you invest here at this school? Now, there, there are two options. You could be the one that studies 100% of the time, which is not me, I'll just confess. Or you could be the party animal who is only concerned with themselves. Both are selfish. Are you investing here? Are you investing in others? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing right now? There are so many verses that, that apply to this. We have a verse saying, let no man despise thy youth. Don't wait till you're older. older. Use your youth now. Use what God has given you and do right now. We have passages where Christ talks about the fields being white to harvest. He might not be talking about dealing with your college friends, but he is talking about the fact that we have a job this moment to do. We can't wait for later. So the question is, are we here at school training to eventually become people that minister? Or are we practicing being the ministers that we should be? Point number three. I hope you see where this is going. Now then, we are ambassadors. Let's be real. We say this verse a lot here. And honestly, it can become a little mechanical and we we don't even think about it. But what's an ambassador? Whenever you have a question about a hard topic in life, it's best to go to a place with wisdom or, or a place of high learning. And when I wanted to know what an ambassador really was, I went to the highest theological institution I thought of, and that was dictionary.com. <laughs> and, it, and at dictionary.com, you can find this very official definition of an ambassador. It's a diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by one sovereign or state to another as its resident representative. Now, in layman's terms, that simply means an ambassador is a person chosen by his country or his leader to go represent that country in a place that isn't his home. So if we're an ambassador, where are we ambassadors from? We all know. We, we know the right answer, at least. We're ambassadors from heaven. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Now, this truth is important 
for two reasons primarily. One, there are many of us in this room that would struggle thinking too highly of ourselves. Oh, I'm an ambassador. Excuse me. Some of us would feel that way or struggle to feel that way too often. But then there are others that might struggle thinking, you know what, I'm worthless. God can never use me. I'll never be good enough for God. Nothing, nothing, I, I just can't do anything right. You know what, both are pride. Both are rooted in pride. I struggle with pride. I don't know if any of you else do, but I do. I'll be honest. Like, I know I'm kind of short and a little small and everything, but it's honestly kind of impressive how much pride I can fit in this little body. (laughs) Really glad you guys understood that was a joke. But if we realize that we are ambassadors from heaven, it fixes both of these wrong mindsets. It fixes the first issue of a little too much, uh, feeling a little too good about yourself. Because once we know this, we realize our purpose is to represent something far greater than ourselves. It helps with the second struggle of thinking maybe a little too lowly of ourselves by helping us realize that our identity is that we are all special individuals chosen by God for a massive task. That's you. You represent you represent something bigger than you, but you also are a special individual chosen by God. Every single saved person in this room today is a divine dignitary. (laughs) Point number four, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. The previous point we covered what we are, we're an ambassador, but now we see our purpose. This is who we are. Yes, we're to be representatives from heaven, but every single thing we do is to be for Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. What difference would you see in your life today if everything you did was for Christ? Really, I I, I know that's a very Christian way to ask a question. But seriously, how would your life be different if everything you did was for Christ? I think a lot of the time, it's so easy for for me at least to, to look at something and say, well, that one's for me and that one's for God. Whether it's my, my entertainment time or my, my nap time, that, that's for me. I don't do that for God, but shouldn't I? Do all things to the glory of God. So what if you studied for that verse quiz for Christ? What if you wrote that paper for Christ? What if you went to lunch for Christ? What if you drove to work for Christ? What if every step we took was for Christ? Every, every thought we wanted to have, every word that we let escape our mouths, if that was for Christ, how dramatic of a difference would we see in our own lives, in this school, in the world, because of the great influence we could have. Everything we do is to be for Christ. So who is Christ to you? I know the right answer. I'm not asking for the right answer, really. Quite frankly, the right answer doesn't really matter. 
what matters is the real answer. Ask yourself, who is Christ to you? The real answer to that question can tell you so much, sometimes that we don't want to know. It tells you where your heart is. It tells you how much God can use you even. Is Christ a good friend? Is Christ someone you can go to when you're hurting? Is Christ the genie in the bottle when you need him? Or is Christ your God? Who is Christ to you? Mr. A.W. Tozer said, God is looking for those with whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only things we can do by ourselves. If we do things for Christ, we can do bigger things. We all want to do big things. I, I, I cannot imagine that there's one person in this, in this room that says, I really want to be mediocre and boring. I, I just don't imagine it. Um, we all want to do big things, and we will do mighty things if they're for Christ. So are we ambassadors, or are we ambassadors for Christ? It's a different question. I close with this story. There was a man who was referred to as Mr. Benjamin Kyle. It was 2004. He woke up in an alleyway covered in blood, in sunburns, in, in, in bruises and wounds with zero possessions on his person. He had nothing with him at all. He was found lying there. And he had no memory. To make things worse, he had some massive cataract problems that left him almost entirely blind in a few months. During that nine-month period, he was moved from medical institution to medical institution to medical institution where people just kept giving up. But finally, a nurse befriended him, helped him spread the word about his story to hopefully find out some information. Who is this man? Where did he come from? Can we get him some financial help or a house? What is going on here? She thought it would be all settled within six months. I mean, we have Google, we have the government, we have the FBI, we have everything at our fingertips. This should be easy to fix within at least six months. But nothing was ever found. Even the FBI couldn't find anything. It was like this man appeared out of nowhere. But this man thankfully didn't give up. However, he, he couldn't get a job. He couldn't get an apartment. He couldn't even get a library card because there was nothing to identify that this man even existed. He was even kept from entering a homeless shelter for food or, or a place to stay at night. Those places require some form of identification, and this man had nothing. He was literally homeless. He slept outside under a bridge with a newspaper for a pillow. But after 11 years of nothing, one day a genealogist finally figured it out after finding an old high school yearbook. This man's name was Bill Powell. He had an identity. More than that, he had family. He had a brother a couple states over and more family that he didn't even know about. Finally, this man knew the truth. But you see, this man forgot who he was supposed to be, and it wrecked his life. Everything was a mess. He was literally at the end of his rope with nothing. He was hopeless. And this truth is the same for us when we forget the basics of our faith. We have to give priority to the simple truths and practices because they are the foundations of what we do. Without them, we're nothing. If we're not a Christian, we are absolutely hopeless. 
if we're not doing the work we're called to do now, what are we worth? And if we're not an ambassador for Christ, what good are we? If everything we do isn't for Christ, everything we do is worthless. You and I, as students, as people preparing especially to go serve the Lord, need to remember that we are ambassadors for Christ.